What's up, podcast? Um, so, as I'm sure you're all aware, COVID 19's fucking up everything in uh, the music industry. So, welcome to the first and hopefully not very many isolation episodes of the podcast. I'm just at home here, hanging out with the doggo, drinking some Red Bull. Come here, Marty. This is Marty. Okay, hi. So, during this time, things with the podcast are gonna be a little experimental. Usually we have podcasts that I'm interviewing in person, but with this whole social distancing thing, um, we're probably gonna be FaceTiming in some people, uh, but also gonna be doing some reaction stuff where I don't have to rely on people as much. But this episode that you're gonna either watch or listen to features a number of different individuals in the music industry giving their perspectives on how this virus is affecting their work, um, their uh, music careers, and uh, maybe even their creative careers. So on the docket, we have Emma from Dying Wish, we have Andrew from the band I Am from Texas, uh, and then we also have Cameron Nunez, uh, who's a videographer based out of Florida. I really wanted to do this podcast because I'm hoping to bring some value to people who are in social distancing or have felt the ramifications of this virus and I just hope that people remember that, you know, hardcore or DIY music is a community-based subgenre and, you know, we're not alone in this with that we're all feeling this together. And yeah, also just trying to be adaptive to uh, this whole thing. So without further ado, let's roll these quick little interviews and uh, yeah, hope y'all are safe and uh, wash your hands. coming on the podcast to talk about this whole crazy epidemic we're all in um for like the two or three people that don't know who you are could you just give a little intro to how people would best know you in the music industry yeah so um i sing in a band called dying wish we're from portland oregon um we're like a metal band essentially but we're rooted in hardcore so um you know we play wild rose hardcore fest out in calgary which is the last time i spoke to you um and then i also book a lot of shows here in portland most of the hardcore shows are something that i do as well as i work for a big promoter in a big venue here in portland so i'm very much immersed in our scene here yeah so, and, yeah. and yeah the last time we chat chatted was uh wild rose fest 2019 i guess it was and uh yeah that's when um uh your production uh, can you remind me of what it is book site or um it's called bright side bright side right so that's it bright side was just coming into the mix at that point and right. ever since then i've seen you like any major tour that was announced the portland date was being run by you so Aside from the Dying Wish stuff, um, and anyone who's like watching who isn't in the Portland scene, like it's very apparent how hard you're working to make that a, a spot for bands to come through. Um, okay. So, 
A thing that I'm doing with a lot of these interviews is just kind of getting the stories and the initial reactions when this, you know, this was all kind of taking place and, um, you know, this podcast, you know, even if we put it out like three days ago, the, the status of certain things feel like they're totally different. So really this whole thing, it's crazy. mm -hmm. So what was your initial, like, um, like your response when you started to hear things of like a virus that was, you know, coming from China over to the States and, you know, other places of the world, did you think it would, you know, spread to Portland or what, what, what was going through your head at that point? I mean, I just think that I didn't take it very seriously. Um, the, when I first heard about it, you know, I just thought it was something like the flu. And I think that a lot of people are still in the same position that I was um, back then um, when I first heard about it. I think it really started to become kind of become kind of serious when we were on tour um, and we were in Seattle and we were playing the Vera Project. And there was the first confirmed case of coronavirus that day in Seattle. Oh, wow. So it kind of, kind of hit close you know Mm -hmm. but luckily we only had two more days of tour left after that um so nothing we did got canceled but um the whole thing started to become really severe uh last thursday so uh let me check my calendar just for reference this was uh march 12th thursday march 12th is when um so the company that i work for mike thrasher presents we book shows at the elcor zone and at the Showbox and Croc in Seattle, a bunch of venues up there. Um, we mostly do metal um, and like metal adjacent stuff. Yeah. Um, but they had placed a ban in Seattle on events 250 and over on Thursday the 16th. So for four weeks. So at that point, we were already we already had five or six shows that we had to cancel immediately right. or start to work to um find postponement dates for that um so that's when it kind of hit and then the next day we had the same thing in portland and that was friday and then i think monday um evening or something like that was when they banned any events under 50 people and that's when we were like okay we're actually fucked right um because i you know i could we have a lounge in our in our uh venue so our venue is a 550 capacity room. It's pretty big. Um, like Knock Blues sold it out when they played here last. Um, and then we also have a lounge, which is a 21 plus room. It's a hundred capacity ish. Um, but I was like, hopefully I could still get away with booking some small gigs while, you know, we're still canceling all of these big tours and pushing them back to the summer so that we can make money. And I, don't lose my job (laughs) um and that like totally went out of the window on tuesday so right yeah yeah and like um you know anyone i i think the first bigger events that i heard canceled you know were like obviously like things like coachella or like e3 and those are like thousands of people gathering so like at least in our sub genre of music like if we get a hundred people it's still like we could still have a good time in some cases, but yeah, like the, the vol- volatile 
volatile nature of things going from 250 to 150 to now like 10 in some states is yeah. uh is pretty crazy um so the company that you're working for like um are, are you guys like on uh like full work from home like what was kind of the game plan going into this um it's been really difficult um, because the owner of the company actually passed away two weeks ago. Oh, so like, sorry to hear that. it's okay. Yeah. Um, it's very unfortunate, and he was really influential in our scene here. Like, I mean, I was going to his shows when I was like fifteen and just moved to Portland. You know, so right. um, it was you know, it was just like one thing after another, like that, and then all of this. And I'm currently working from home um, because I take public transit to work. I take the train. Yeah, and um i just was like you know i have the ability to work from home and i would rather not be subjected to that many people on a daily basis right um, and so and the train is kind of dirty i don't know so I, I was just like if i'm going to contract the virus it's going to be there you know right. so enough to be able to work from home and we've honestly been so busy um you know i get probably 50 emails a day about you know uh, proper cancellations, postponements. Our calendar is pretty much full from like August to October, which is really rare um, at this time. You know, usually we start to sort that out over the summer. But yeah, sorry, I kind of derailed. But no, that's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it has been really eye-opening to to see how like connected to we are to like just people on an everyday basis of like not just like our germs necessarily, but just like like how we're sharing, you know, public transit or like just, just general spaces. Um, right. So, so that's been pretty crazy. We um, actually were planning. So Spite was supposed to be here this week yeah. um, with, you know, Varials, Orthodox, uh, I, I am, am yeah. Dealer. And Dealer uh, was supposed to still come up to Portland because they were going to drop off their gear here or something. They're from Australia, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so I had somebody from their label hit me up and say, hey, you know, can you help us book a show? And at this point, um, it was under 250 and um but you had to honor like a three foot distance between people so we were talking about doing this show that would probably draw 80 people in a theater meant for 550 so that people could be spread out yeah and you know people always like bands don't want to play a big room to you know 40 people where everybody's spread out but yeah. like if it's absolutely necessary you know we kind of had this conversation of is this something that's doable um, and that went out the window, but it would have been interesting to see. I'm kind of bummed that we didn't get to work that out, but <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, like I, I think the, the overall like DIY, like music community is, is really in a, an interesting time as like, you know, like from, from my standpoint, like being a, a creative within that, like at, in the next couple of weeks here, like I'm going to have zero sets to post and it. I'm trying to, yeah. in that mix, trying to figure out other creative ways, you know, doing podcasts like this or doing other stuff um, to kind of bridge the gap in between. But even when things are like, you know, get the green light to go out, it won't be like, there might be a couple like initial shows that are thrown together because everyone just wants to, 
you know, congregate and, you know, listen to hardcore music and listen to some breakdowns. But there will, it's not just, I was talking to my dad uh, about this today, but it doesn't, things just won't go back to normal. It'll be like the new normal of our society. So, um, and and something I want to ask you in, in the sense of like, um, you know, Wild Rose um, got canceled, unfortunately, but there's some other fests that are postponing their dates. So how have you guys been like, is that kind of like flipping a coin or how are you making those judgment calls to like, we still want X to happen, but it's going to be X2, like, but, or is it, you know, okay, this opportunity just can't happen and we'll just try and see something through later on? It's it really depends like um you know a lot of people are pushing back their tours um rerouting some people uh some bands are just like have just lost a ton of money and just like can't recover yeah um which is unfortunate um and then you know a lot of like we do pop and like rock and a lot of the more established and more mainstream stuff i see i see is getting like rescheduled but like a lot of stuff like fit for an autopsy the acacia strain like all of those like because they are kind of more diy um smaller metal i guess um those are just being like canceled outright yeah which is a bummer yeah i don't know it's gonna be really interesting to see how it affects everything um but specifically i think usually like june through August is a really slow time of year for us at the theater because everybody's playing festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and not a lot of people tour during the summer, which is kind of interesting. Um, <laughs> but we think that now it's gonna, it is gonna flip the coin because yeah. this is gonna be the slow time of the year, and then the summer, you know, everybody's gonna make up for it over that time, especially because all these festivals are being canceled. So yeah. Um, as far as like, uh, you know, something else that I saw, uh, a promoter in back home, he, uh, was putting on a metal fest in like mid April and unfortunately he had to cancel that due to this whole thing. But, um, when he was trying to get reimbursements for, for flights and whatnot, um, the airlines were actually only reimbursing, you know, the band members that he was flying out of like Mm -hmm. certain bands so have you found in the midst of all this chaos like something that you thought would have been super simple as far as trying to solve a situation but it ended up being more of a headache um not necessarily because we don't really do a ton of flyouts um i'm lucky to have not had any like bright side shows where i had deposits in because i most likely would have lost that so like a lot of these independent promoters with deposits in and like um various other commitments yeah like they're probably in that position but Mm -hmm. um i haven't really dealt with anything like that extreme um i mean everything is difficult yeah like this is all but you know i've actually been fairly lucky in that aspect just also because i have a little more of a surface level position you know i don't have to worry about the big picture stuff like that kind of stuff is something that i would handle usually thank god yeah yeah luckily you're not like the last line of defense with that no yeah no um i would have to pay me more (laughs) (laughs) um so the the one thing that i'm asking you know 
you know, cause I'm, you know, asking you from the more promoter angle and then talking to some band people and, and some creatives as well. Um, how, how, what would be your piece of advice for like people who, you know, cause bands are like, this is how you can support us during this time, but venues, you know, are kind of in a tougher pickle because you need to have bodies in the door to have that like financial s support. Um, so, you know, whether it's your, um, your venue or other ones, like what's kind of like the best way to, to support that at that, at this time? Honestly, I don't really know. Cause like, I've seen a lot of businesses do gift cards, um, like buy a gift card for us now. And then obviously like redeem it later when we're back in business, that's not something that we really do. Um, honestly, the, the people that are being affected by this most are the bartenders, the sound techs, the stage managers, the security guards, box office people. You know, um, if you know anybody that works at a venue, um, they don't have work. Like, it's not happening. And Or somebody who's on a touring crew, like the opposite side, you know. Um, support them in any way that you can. Like, um, I guess if they, you know have some other means of art, you know, support their art, you know, like a lot of uh, front of house technicians, like they'll also mix and engineer stuff. Like if you're, you know, making music, send that, that their way or recommend them to people or, you know, invite somebody over for dinner and cook them food. Cause like, I know everybody's really struggling as far yeah. as like something as simple as like, where is my dinner going to come from? You yeah. Know? That otherwise, like, this is all it's just like so overwhelming that i don't even think we've really had an opportunity to think of how you know we can support the building as a whole and not just the individual people right yeah 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 mm -hmm. and and i think a lot of this has been um you know very adaptive like you know okay like there's the initial need for people to either like you know self-isolate themselves um to just kind of flatten the curve like that seems to be the biggest thing at least in this last week um but i mm -hmm. think you know as that progresses maybe next week and maybe the week after that um and it can be a little bit more like okay like um i can go outside and you know like pick up like a bag of coffee beans from like you know a local place um but right now it's like trying to minimize that foot traffic. Um, yeah, that's actually a really great point. This, the more we isolate ourselves and stop the spread of this disease, the faster that these people are going to be able to get to work. Yeah. And I know that people are like sitting, you know, watching the news of people in Florida congregating at beaches and being like, what the fuck? Like, this isn't <laughs> going to so that's, that's a great point. Just before we started Skyping, I saw a, like a tweet that was like, I feel like I'm in I'm in kindergarten, like, and I'm getting my recess time taken away from me because of all the kids who are misbehaving or something. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, I I saw something funny that it was like you know don't go outside and congregate like you know stay inside and it, somebody commented Florida left the group chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry to knock on Florida if anyone's listening there, but no. You know. I, yeah. No. It's just uh you know people I, I mean i want to go to the beach but yeah <laughs> as long as you keep your distance you know but it's like people are 
going yeah. ham. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so to, to take a, a slight detour, um, aside from the promoting stuff and talk a little bit more about like the personal, uh, how have you been, um, dealing as far as like, you know, you mentioned you were working from home. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, is dying wish still like getting together for practices? Um, like what's kind of been going through for, it's such, it's such a weird time cause you feel like you need to socialize and connect with people of like what's happening, but right. it's the flip, like it's discouraged to, to do that. Right. Um, we're currently in the studio as well as working on writing a record. Mm -hmm. Um, my band doesn't get upset with me for saying that, but I know <laughs> Sam has just been working his fucking ass off, um, writing songs and, you know, I've, whenever I have time, I've really tried to sit down and just like write mm -hmm. as much as I can. Um, and then we go into the studio on Sunday to finish up a couple things and then we send that off to get mixed and mastered. So, yeah. Pretty exciting. Yeah. So taking some downtime to like, to bust some ass and get some things done. Right. I yeah. mean, we don't really play really a whole lot anymore anyways. Um, so like we played in March and we were supposed to play with darkest hour in April, but now that's being postponed. So, right. We, I mean, we won't have a show. We're in the same boat as everybody, you know, we yeah. won't have a show for probably three or four months at this point. Yeah. And then, yeah. um, the other thing I wanted to pick your, cause I, I thought this was funny cause I don't know if, uh, you've seen any of the hysteria at like the grocery stores and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. but I, I always find like any of the, um, I guess vegetarian or vegan substitutes are always stocked. And I thought right. I wanted to get your take on that, um, as a pretty advocate vegan as well. Um, to be honest, I live in Portland and we don't really have that problem because there is such a large vegan population here. Mm. Um, although I did go to the, I did go to target earlier and saw that all of the meat was gone and I was like, I bet they have beyond meat, but you know, um, yeah, it is. It is kind of funny. I feel like I've seen that meme for a couple of years as veganism becomes more accessible and more mainstream and popular. I think that, you know, that kind of fizzles away, but it's, it's, there's still some truth in it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think like, um, yeah, like I was seeing the, like the toilet paper stuff was like the first stuff I saw and then like meat and I'm like, okay, I'm just kind of imagining like the grocery list of like a normal like white family of two or three kids and like what they would normally get and if they were panicking and, and bunkering down so you know things like just like regular flour eggs like just like basic stuff but i'm like yeah. as long as my oat milk is st still here i don't i'm not gonna bat an eye <laughs> yeah honestly i can't find beans to save my life yeah i miss yeah can, canned goods is another yeah. thing yeah uh -huh. yeah cool yeah well um i think that's kind of it unless there is anything else as far as the you know piece of advice that you could kind of like send people off to kind of encourage them i know it's like a very you know everything's changing every day as far as like you know businesses closing and people going on you know, trying to figure out how they're going to pay April rent and whatnot. 
Right. Um, I just think that the most important thing is to make sure that we do our due diligence as civilians to make sure that we try to stop this, I guess, um, as, you know, doing what we can, like self-isolating, you know, um, it is, it is very important because there is a, a pretty good possibility that in a week or so when we start to slow down, I won't have a job anymore. Um, and so the sooner this is all over, you know, but at the same time, we're all in the same boat. Like, I think that humanity is going to change in a way. Mm. Um, we're all going to step up and support each other. And I have been seeing a lot of uh, just genuine love and support from strangers a lot lately. Um, and I think that that's very heartwarming. Um, so I really hope that it does change society, um, you know, and brings us together. Uh, but as far as advice goes, like, uh, yeah, just everything's going to work itself out eventually just stay healthy you know what i mean yeah humans are resilient enough to to tackle this and you know i was listening to a podcast where they were like if if anything this is like the dress rehearsal for like a a way worse like something that is rapid but it's a way higher like fatality rate Mm -hmm. so it's like you know we you know, this is really showing how ill-prepared we are for something like that. So, yeah, it's also showing a little, uh, you know, how kind of selfish we can be mm. in a way. You yeah. know, like people are dying, and we're like, oh, like you know, it's just two hundred people that have died. Like, you know, like it, it, it's definitely going to get a lot more serious, and it affects people. Um, on a personal level like if it was somebody you knew versus somebody you see on the internet like it yeah. definitely has an impact yeah um, yes i mean it's just like it's all fairly most of it is out of our control except for what we can do on a personal level which is stay inside or you know if you want to go outside like just keep your distance i was chilling in my backyard for like two hours today it was awesome yeah so, yeah, my yeah. dog like has no beast with this whole virus. He's like, I just get to hang out with dad all day. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I'm such a busy person, and I know a lot of people in the in the industry can relate to this. It's kind of a culture shock to be forced to not do anything, but it's also really nice to have some R and R for the first time in who knows how long. Yeah, that's for real. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Do you, do you normally work from home or? Yeah, like like a lot of my work being like a freelance videographer has kind of like frozen and um you know i'm trying to figure out like small jobs that i can do you know uh i just locked in a really small job for like a an album promo but if if it doesn't involve me having to go out to capture something and i can either just you know rip it from youtube or you know use past show footage that you know i've shot already that's the ideal circumstance but if i have a client that i'm supposed to be you know at their business and their business is closed because of this then right. it affects me too but you know in 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 a normal world i was already like working from home or working at coffee shops and things like that and you know this seems to be the the best situation but it's also like not having a lot of work is like, okay, well, what am I going to do? So yeah. Right. Yeah. 
But I think all in all, like, you know, I think it's, again, like, been really apparent how, like, how important it is just, like, to check up on your friends and mm-hmm. just, you know, you know, have chats like this. Um, I had a friend who was, like, driving home to Edmonton. He lives in Vancouver now. And I was, like, I saw on his Instagram story and I was, like, I just called him for half an hour and we just chatted about this whole thing and it was like, oh, since you're going to be home so soon, like, I would ask if we could hang out, but, like, we actually shouldn't do that. So, but that phone call felt like a a hangout in some ways, so. Right. Yeah, Yeah. I've been FaceTiming a lot lately, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I also live with three people, so, like, it's it's nice because I have that social interaction. Yeah. Stay home, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think that's a big thing for me is, like, feeling the responsibility in a way to, like, produce content during this time. Like, not, like, just to entertain people, but, like, create stuff that's relevant for right now and just to have the people who are maybe single and they live by themselves and they are, like, doing their due diligence to, like, fully self-isolate, you know. You know, I just watched like the Year of the Knife stream just before I called you. So like, I didn't get to. It was really sick. It, yeah. It's crazy how, like, in a matter of days, Sonny can just like sidestep and do this at the production level that he's doing already. So right. yeah, definitely go watch that or listen to it if you haven't. Yourself. There is talks. I think that there is a couple kinks that we're working through, but there's a band that has reached out to us, so we're trying yeah. to see if we can do that. So, if I anything, I would love to see uh, mortality rate, serration, trench. Um, what's another another Calgary band? That's a good one. Uh, Plead, Set Straight, um, Fuse. Yeah, there's a number of guys. So. Sweet. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Love to see it. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast and spending some time just to share your perspective. And uh, yeah, thanks, Emma. Thanks for having me. So, um, first off, thanks, Andrew, for jumping on the podcast with me. Um, For those like five people who don't know who you are, could you give a just a quick intro of the band that you are a part of and where you're from. Um, my name's Andrew. I play in the band I Am from Dallas, Texas. Cool. Yeah. And um, to give you a bit of context, uh, we I've just been hitting up other people in the music industry, people that play in bands, people that book shows, and uh, people who are maybe creatives with bands. So maybe they're on tour, taking photos or doing some videos. So I kind of wanted you to share your experience on the, I guess the band aspect, because you guys were on tour when all this virus COVID-19 stuff was happening. And kind of wanted to hear what your experience was while you were reading the news and headlines and whatnot, and how you guys kind of dealt with that while you were on the road. We heard that like, Places were getting capped out at like a certain number for venues and stuff. And so we were in Illinois whenever that venue got capped at 250 and there were 300 tickets sold mm. for that show. So there were kids getting refunded at the door for tickets they already bought. Oh, which I is see. crazy. Yeah. 
yeah and then so we were like fuck man like this is gonna happen for the rest of the tour and then the next day we were playing minneapolis and got word from the uh the headliner's agent that the whole tour's canceled because every venue's capping everything and then at first we were just like you know like whatever dude like because of shit like these kids still want to come to these shows you know right but as like it's progressing i guess it kind of makes you know it makes sense to not have these large gatherings of kids spitting in my face and fucking breathing all over us and shit so yeah i guess it kind of makes sense you know yeah and i guess like when you know the re the regulations when they came out were like it was 250 like you know for any like bigger concert where it's like there's thousands of people it's like sure that makes sense but anyone who's into hardcore or, like underground music who are like hey 250 that's still like a great show so exactly uh, yeah so it's like to those kids they don't give a shit dude like you know yeah they'll die for that shit so they don't care <laughs> yeah but things uh progressed very rapidly where it was like 250 and then 100 and then 50 and yeah now that's where i think that's where they started to like be like yo like we gotta start cutting this because they started capping at 100 so there was there's no way that you know a five-band package could do that feasibly you know right and uh, so you guys found that out when you were in Minneapolis. Yeah, that was the day we found out that the tour was canceled. And that was a fucking show because we were all like, fuck it, we're all dying. Let's fucking... So it was a wild ass show. It was a good show. Yeah. And then, so at that point, it was like, you know, okay, well, let's Google map all the way back to Texas. Or were you well, guys trying to figure out things on the okay, way back? So, oh, yeah. So a week before that, our transmission in our van went out. Mm -hmm. So... Our van was in New York at the time. Gotcha. And the day before we flew out our bassist to go get the van because it was ready after a week. So he was driving back at the time the show got canceled. Oh, wow. And so we were like, fuck, we're going to be in Minneapolis for like three days. Like, what the fuck are we going to do? Because we were riding with uh, three of the other bands. Oh, I got you. That last week. Yeah. We were split up between all the bands. And, uh, so Varials and Dealer were like, yo, like, let's put on a last-minute show in Iowa because we were supposed to play there the next day. Yeah. And we were like, let's just do a quick DIY show, see if we can do anything. We're like, fuck it. I mean, we don't got shit to do because we're still waiting on the van to get driven back. So we drove to Iowa, played that show, which was sick. You know, fucking, it was like, what? I don't even know, like 10 hours notice. Yeah. It was over 100 paid. So that was cool. Mm -hmm. You know, didn't care then. But our bassist ended up getting the van early, so he showed up right at the end of that show. Oh, so I see. And so we're like, all right, let's fucking go. Yeah, <laughs> let's head home. Yeah, and then, which sucks, because uh, Burials and Dealer actually were like, yo, let's play a show in Nebraska the next day. And they drove all the way over there. And because they had a coronavirus picture on the flyer, they the owner of the venue canceled the show. Oh, really? Like, yeah. they were trying to use it as a, a marketing, like, thing, yeah, and then they were like, nah, like, I'm not all. about that. Yeah. After they had driven all the way over there, I was like, fuck, I'm glad we didn't play that shit. This <laughs> would have been fucked. Yeah. Ugh. And, yeah. And, and that might, you know, that's just, that's that's pretty funny, because I, I saw that, that Iowa show, and it you guys had, like, you know, it was, if anything, that might have helped the show in that case, because people were like, this whole situation is shitty like trying to make light of it i guess yeah. you know but then yeah. like 
shot themselves in the foot in in a way with like <laughs> yeah 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 for sure yeah obviously like neither of those bands are like supporting the virus like but it's just kind of no. funny <laughs> yeah, yeah it was yeah. just like yo everybody's canceling this shit so let's just keep playing yeah so um so obviously like a theme that i've seen with a number of bands not just you guys but um you know a lot of tours that were either in the midst of touring or upcoming you know there's been large uh merch orders that have been put through um that stuff that you guys are sitting on or you know flights that had to be refunded so um what's what's your guys's kind of situation and how have you've um tried to be adaptive with like you know just trying to you know give people an option to support if they want to and make the yeah. best of a shitty situation yeah so i guess what people or what a lot of people don't see is like how bands when we order merch we order it we try to order it for the whole tour right you know so it's a, a, a really large quantity and then add on reorders of stuff that you you know sell out of so we still had a week and a half of the store left so we ordered we had merch for another week and a half of tour Mm. which is a lot of merch yeah you know it's not it's a good amount of size so like and a lot for the bigger bands they order even more you know because they're selling a shit ton more yeah you got bands you know all these bands that are sitting on thousands of dollars worth of merch that they order and then they can't do anything with it so it's it comes down to you know okay well let's put it up online and these kids that wanted to go to these shows hopefully you know they'll buy it online yeah so that's kind of where everybody's at right now with it i mean we we put our stuff up yesterday or the day before yeah and kids have been buying it and it's sick because you know a lot of these kids didn't get to see us mm -hmm. on some of these shows that you know especially areas we don't ever get to go to a lot which is like you know seattle and fucking oregon and stuff like that we don't we don't get to go there much because it's so far mm -hmm. so these kids you know that gives them an option to support us in any way which is from our, our big cartel, which is on our uh, it's on our Instagram bio and shit. Yeah. Anywhere you see the links. But yeah, that's that's really like the best way. I know everybody's seen it everywhere. Like, well, the best way to support a band is to buy their merch right now. But it really is because, you know, we're not, we're like, we put all the money in the merch. You know, it's, it's either that or it sits there and does nothing. Yeah. You know? And like you said, like, um, you know, I've had it where bands have come through Calgary where, you know, they've actually run out of merch like mid tour and then they're scrambling to figure out a way to print something locally or, you know, what have yeah, you. And that's yeah, a huge exactly. headache. So it's better to in a, in a normal world, which we don't currently live in, you are putting in a lot of investment into having a lot of stuff to to last you through a tour. And if there's still a, a few pieces left you know throwing that up on Bandcamp is totally or you know whatever merch site is totally normal but to have yeah. it you know a, a large amount all at once oh, yeah a full like tour order of merch on there is like fuck man we got to move all this shit yeah because you know? that's i mean that's that i mean that's how like whether people want to see it or not that's how any of these bands that you like that's how they make a living or you know make any kind of profit off of touring and being a musician right you know it's it's by you know these guys coming to these shows and you know buying merch yeah you know everything everything else is percentage and you got to give it to some other person that yeah that does something for you so it's like 
that's that's literally the best way to support any of these bands that you like and and like you said like there's a lot of behind the scenes that you know i guess like you know it's not in your guys's like there's no point in making a big facebook post about like oh our bassist has to you know go get this van because we broke down unless it's like hey we are in a real pickle here but you guys yeah. it sounds like okay this is happening this is normal uh woes of being on tour in a way so we're just gonna make things happen so we can progress whether it's like getting that flight to to fly your bass player to pick up the van yeah yeah um but yeah those are a bunch of things behind the scenes um no yeah it is for sure uh, the other thing I want to ask is, I, I know that you guys recently signed with uh, E1 Heavy, I guess is like the technical yeah. term. Um, so that's awesome. Congrats on that. Um, and I know like this is also, this virus has also been affecting um, the uh, potential release dates and progress of, you know, recording and, and releasing music. Are you guys yeah. feeling the the effects of that as well on that side? Um, as of now, no, we're not because we're going to record in June, so that's that's still a thing and that's still in place. As far as like releasing it, I'm not sure if that's going to affect it or not. Right. You know, that's that's all depending on how long this thing actually lasts. Yeah. You know, because I'm, I'm you know I'm hearing shit from oh it's only two weeks to oh, it's going to be August. Right. You know, like, there's such a broad span on how long this thing's going to last. Yeah. And I think it's going to affect a lot of people, you know? Like like you said, releases, like, I know a lot of bands are going to be out to push push back on releases because, I mean, a lot of people are out of jobs. A lot of people are out of, you know, there's no way for them to support artists that they like, you know? Mm -hmm. Which is also, you know, a shit thing. Yeah, it's, it's a weird, like, it's a, a lose-lose situation where there is like here's how you can support bands or artists or people who do creative work during this time but there's also just the reality of people holding their dollars really close to them because yeah. they're which i understand yeah 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 I, I get that you know it's like you know for someone who doesn't know when their next check's gonna come why would you spend money on you know this shirt yeah or this album you know yeah i get it yeah, you know, it sucks. It's a, it's a shitty situation for everybody. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think like, yeah, the 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 span of where it could be, I think, is is you know hearing hearing certain things where it's like, oh, like in Wuhan, like things are actually contained, but they went through like two or three months of hell. So it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. what is our time frame the same? Is it longer? Is it shorter? Um, yeah, you know, it's it's everything's so vague and up in the air right now that we don't know like what the because I mean you're hearing all these different articles for every every thing hearing something different yeah. about the virus from this one. It's like the fuck. What, what, what am I even supposed to think right now? Like, right. I don't even know like where it's at. So yeah, I'm just taking it day by day and just kind of whatever happens happens right now i guess yeah so you uh you're at home doing self-isolation yes. hanging out well i mean uh, i mean i'm still hanging out with friends and everything but you know like as far as like going out obviously i mean i don't go out very much anyway mm -hmm. you know I just kind of hang out in the garage and be in my spot yeah but, work on your bikes 
yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, cool. Well, I'm kind of trying to do these like interviews in like a blitz kind of way. So, um, yeah. if there's, do you think there's anything else? Like, I think the overarching theme that I wanted to hit on is like, what are the ways that people can support, you know, bands specifically in this time? But is, if there's anything else that, you know, you think that's worth sharing for people to consider, whether it's, you know, how people can, you know, maybe what's a way that people can support certain bands if they can't make a financial contribution? Yeah. Um, I mean, I know a way that, always at least makes makes a difference with us and a lot of artists that are on a huge scale is to you know stream the music you know post about it you know because i mean it's it's social media you know yeah one person posts about it another person sees it you know it's all that thing so if you can't financially support a band you know social media and sharing and posting about them goes you know just as long yeah you know it's it's definitely a way that you know, I feel like a lot of musicians care about, you know, it's, it's something that helps us too. Yeah. Gets the word out, you know, almost, yeah, you, know, it's, you know, donating with your time in, in a way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, you don't always have to do it financially if you're not able to, you know, right. There's always other ways to do it. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then as far as, uh, people keeping up with you and, or I am, uh, what are your guys' like social tags that I can put at the end here? Yeah, uh, mine is E L X Chapo, C H O P P O, and the band's one is I M T X Music, and yeah, we just we post on there all the time. So yeah, I don't post on my. I mean, I post on my very much, but I hate social media in general. So I try to. <laughs> it's something I feel like I have to like post a lot of times. I'm like, fuck, man. Yeah. I have to make this post. So, but I'm trying to get better at it because I know it matters. Gotcha. But you know cool but yeah the band one for sure keep posting on there we'll you know we post updates all the time and everything on there so yeah yeah so definitely um for those listening or watching definitely go check out the i am merch uh and any band that you want to support during this time is important and then uh you guys will have some new music it sounds like in uh the yes, foolish so that's exciting yes sir yeah cool So maybe we can like just start off real quick and uh, you can just give me a little intro of like who you are and maybe like how you'd be best known like in the music community. Well, uh, I guess intro, uh, my name is Cameron Nunez and I am a videographer based out of Jacksonville, Florida. But I guess most of my work really doesn't come out of Jacksonville, Florida. So uh, just kind of a kind of a home base place to have cheap rent. Right. And, uh, like, I think a lot of people, especially in hardcore, would know you for, like, filming all of the FYA um, bands and sets. Um, you've been doing that for a number of years now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been shooting shows or hardcore shows in Jacksonville since 09. I want to say that's when I first moved out here. Um, but I was shooting in Orlando, but Orlando is more so, like, deathcore. A lot of that stuff was very uh, Whitechapel-y. Um, Right. Everything coming out of there is like uh, Devoured by Pestilence, Fall Red, uh, Catalepsy, handful of bands like that. But yeah, yeah, everybody knows me from mainly from FYA, Southeast Beast, and a handful of other little things like that. 
Mm -hmm. And um, as far as like, I think that was how I was in initially introduced to your work. And then I saw that you're doing a lot of freelance videography work as well for either bands or Kerrang! is another one of those, um, I guess, clients, if you want to call it that. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I've been freelancing for a very long time. I mean, hardcore has always been great, and I love music, but uh, it has not really put a dollar in my pocket, if you if we want to be as blunt about it. I mean, it was a passion project, so it's not like I was surprised. So you kind of find ways to supplement yeah. the money. So I'd find, like, I would go shoot weddings or I'd go shoot other gigs so I could buy, like, better audio gear or better cameras, and then I would just take all that stuff and shoot better live footage of shows. So it was just kind of... Mm -hmm constantly cannibalizing itself into building up to what it is now but i mean I, well i say that but now i don't really shoot many live shows much anymore just because they're not as frequent as they used to be right yeah but at least um at least over the last little while that i've seen you've like wh whether you know there's ebbs and flows with freelance work but like if if you could you know write your own um you know your preferred clientele, I guess, is like within that music industry, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like if, like hardcore will always be something I really love. Uh, and it's definitely something like FYA, I don't I don't make a dollar from FYA. Um, that's really honestly just, I'd like doing it. I enjoy what Bob is able to bring to Florida and I respect that. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as getting paid, I don't get paid to do it. So it's like, Right. That's something I, I kind of do just because most of my work now is like a lot of festivals. It's when I tour, it was like recently, it was like with Hollywood Undead and a few other bands like Bad Wolves, Diamante. And then every now and then I get like tours with like friends and homies and like hardcore bands like Sea Space Cowboy, Knock Loose, etc. Right. Like Chamber yeah. of Boons and a few others. But um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's a mix. It's definitely a mix. My paid work is more on the metal festival side, more like mainstream music um, mm -hmm. in the world. But everything else is more passion-based as far as hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. And so you mentioned you were on tour with Hollywood Undead super recently, and that's when kind of like the news of this outbreak and the, the realities of it really came to play. So um, I think what I want to do with a lot of these like really – snapshot or really quick interviews is like kind of get like the stories and kind of what was going through your head while you were on tour um because you you guys were overseas at that point yeah it was full eu um i want to say we were in milan barcelona uh leipzig madrid uh, greece we were everywhere i mean like mm -hmm. and, and it is i mean it hit out there much quicker than it hit in the U.S. It was kind of wacky because you saw like President Dumbass calling it a hoax, and then meanwhile we're actually like hearing locals like freak out and kind of like have a little bit more prep. Um, so, right. Like, yeah, it, it was it was something that we saw as a little bit more eye-opening before, and then cancellations. Like there was talk of it really really early on, and we didn't think it was going to be like like super serious we thought like maybe a couple shows might be an issue um but then we started realizing quarantines were happening and like we were in italy and then like two days later they shut it down um right so it's like 
yeah, we definitely got hit with reality really, really quick. And then before mm-hmm. we knew it, the rest, the whole tour was canceled. We were talking with like people from Live Nation, and they were basically not too stoked. And then we had mm-hmm. to jump on a plane and head home before anything really kind of hit the fan. Yeah, was there a fear that like if if there was a moment of hesitation, whether you know an hour's worth or a day's worth, that you guys might not even be able to make it home because a flight flights could have been either canceled or airlines could have just been on hold. Um, yeah, I mean, we had issue our TM. Luckily, Jack, he was really good at like waking up super early, but and just like jumping on it. Because as soon as we found out it was an issue, and the second the motions were made, that was like, all right, we got to go home. Because we knew early, um, before we really made much of an announcement, we knew that the shows had to be canceled. Um, but like mm-hmm. fans and people, like a lot of those fans are diehards, and it was like until everybody on our team knew like 110 percent that we couldn't make anything happen that's when they had to actually like publicly announce it but we yeah we were pretty much at 90 percent for like a good week um but yeah no like the tm he jumped on phone calls but he was on the phone from about like 10 9 a.m until about 6 7 p.m just trying to get flight situated because it was just like he'd get looped in or like four hour long waits or he'd have his calls constantly dropped and so like me and him shared an office that day so it was like you'd have to go and do sound check or do whatever and then come back and his phone would have been cut or have gone blank and so that was like the game for that full day we were about a day away from paris like so we were almost chilling in france and then they got quarantined i want to say right after italy so we would have been mm. kind of sol if we had been out there for too too long but we missed it yeah day. yeah and, and that's kind of like the thing like we're recording this on the uh it's, it's hard to remember what day it is but we're recording this on the wednesday prior to this usually gets released on fridays and just seeing the day-to-day like volatile nature of it like either certain uh new countries are getting absolutely like quarantined or like you know cases over here in canada like doubling by the numbers um so it's kind of in that like everyone's just trying to like flatten the curve i guess is like the the generic thing that people have been saying um but as far as like your like freelance work like once you got home like what's been going through your mind on that front well i mean um as far as like like this old calendar is usually pretty good uh and it is completely blank um yeah <laughs> i guess that's the best visual is because if you really wanted to kind of see like i came home because i had there was potential of doing a five finger death punch tour and that was kind of the next gig um i was still kind of waiting to hear back but if that fell through Hollywood Undead still wants me on the road and they had something coming up with the band Bad Wolves that was like a th- three week run as well as some like mm. other promo work for them. Uh, so I was supposed to, April 8th was the bad, or was the five finger tour. And that to my understanding isn't uh, looking too great. And so I'm gonna assume that that's no longer a thing. Uh, mm. I, we just haven't heard back. Nobody's really made any hard decisions on, on content, but I assume it's just everything's 
getting canceled. Um, yeah. And then any type of work, it's hard. I mean, like, because most of my stuff, it's like bands. So you have multiples of people. And then when you come out here, a lot of these people have normal everyday jobs. So it's kind of hard for me to, like, book anything because now everybody's trying to like hunker down and hold on to finances naturally because we don't know what's going to happen for the next however many weeks however many months and so it's really kind of put me in a bind because i have zero income coming in from like new work luckily with hollywood undead i do have like stuff that we had backlogged that i'm working on that will be paid um right but yeah as far as like any new stuff coming in not really yeah and and that's something that's been on my mind is like being a fellow videographer and needing to you know i think that the one thing on the video side is like you can go somewhere even if you're only there for a weekend shoot something and then spend as much time as you need like back at home like editing that and sorting through clips and you know sending out drafts to be approved and whatnot but when you know things however it's set up with whether it was like events or like you have daily or you know weekly check-ins with certain businesses and then now it's like their businesses are closing and they're trying to take precautions it it's it's a it's a snowball effect and right now it's like a very very big snowball of uh of, of disaster right now honestly yeah definitely uh not looking forward to i guess what's next because like most of my work it's like you kind of get a dry period where it's like like everybody as far like i don't know if most normal people know but their seasons like everybody kind of has their seasons that right. this is like the season for like touring bands and a lot of people kind of prep for these moments and right now the issue for the future obviously income basically like for most people like do people want to pay for shows or to go to these concerts or to pay for tickets for festivals that are now not even refunding them? I know some festivals have like come out saying that like people are just SOL on those tickets. And, mm -hmm. I, and then of course, like you just look at all these things that are being postponed and canceled and they're basically going to be stacked on top of one another come later in the year if they're able to like, right. get back on their feet. So it's going to be like, everybody's going to be fighting tooth and nail to try to like, either reinstate or get the tours that they had canceled or new tours in on top of all the old stuff that is now trying to come back. So I think festivals and touring is going to be kind of a clusterfuck for the rest of the remaining year when everything kind of like settles. Right. But it's like between finances and scheduling, I feel like a lot of people are going to have a lot of issues. And then everybody else, like all my friends are currently broke. I mean, a lot of my friends have now found themselves without months of work and all in a fail swoop you know yeah yeah and like kind of how you're mentioning earlier like some like i think um uh, whether it's a small business a big business a band whatever like a lot of people are just trying to be as transparent and upfront as possible so it's like you know there was a series in the last few weeks where it's like every post was some PR statement about what they're doing to, you know, limit the ramifications of the virus. Um, but then it's like you see one festival or one show being like canceled and then the other one, it's like, 
you know, again, going back to that snowball effect. And, uh, you know, it's been interesting to see some festivals as well. Um, just like they're, they, they are saying, you know, Wild Rose, for example, which I film here in Calgary, like we did everything we could. Um, but, you know, because of these things, like we are going to just call this year as a loss and just pick up again next year. And then there's other festivals that are postponing and trying to figure out like if their fest normally happens in early May, well, you know, hopefully we can do something in June or August, but you know, I'm not sure if you have, have uh, any opinions. I know FYA is like, it's at the start of January, so it's already happened, you know. Yeah. I don't know, I think you're still working through some of the sets, but um, w you know, what what are your thoughts if it's, you know, I guess like for me, I'm just hoping that the spirit of like live entertainment music and, and hardcore, you know, it won't die because of this, but it's definitely being affected for sure. Yeah, I guess my only hope with like any type of hardcore subculture, any type of like underground shows, live shows, maybe people have a little bit more appreciation. Because uh, I feel sure. like nowadays it's like pulling teeth to get kids to come to shows. And I think having a hiatus of a couple of months maybe we'll have them feel a little bit more grateful for some of the things that they have or some of the scenes that they have. I mean, as far mm -hmm. as festivals, I feel really bad for a lot of promoters. I feel bad for a lot of like industry workers. I think people think baseline, You like I've seen the argument with a lot of people where it's like, oh, photographers are out of work. Oh, bands are out of work. But it like, there's such a wide scope, especially on a large scale of like, LDs and TMs and sound engineers and all these contracts that have happened and vendors for a lot of these festivals like it's bankrupt a lot of people like even the people that I work with music experience like it's like the guy that runs that is like one guy and now sure. he's looking at basically all the relationships he built and having to maintain a lot of those things with like like we're finding out that there's people having issues like like manufacturers are having issues because a lot of their guitars or things come from like China and you don't really think about mm, that, but yeah. yeah, there's like instrument companies that are now having to like, look at this as like a really hard effect. So yeah, I don't know. I guess like I'm, I'm curious as to what the kind of like short term effect is. Obviously like we look at like, but like I, I feel very, bad for a lot of my friends that are like merch guys or sound guys or whatever else that are also feeling like this pain right now um mm -hmm. i i luckily have a little bit of money set aside but not a whole whole lot to last like longer than necessary um yeah but and and like you know different you know different states and different countries are slowly announcing you know we are going to be you know doing x y and z to make sure that people can you know get through this tough time and you know certain businesses are you know like we we got a a domino's pizza last night that was like 50 percent off for like the entire week just to kind of like you know i i guess there's there's a weird gray area or like fine line of like people taking this as like a marketing opportunity to like make whatever dollars that they can but then there's also like people who are genuinely just trying to take care of their community in a way um 
Yeah, I think there's, so, definitely, a, there's definitely a lot of uh, true colors showing, like, sure, got, yeah. like, the influencers on the internet, like, cloud chasing, like, the next big meme that's gonna make them popular, and then they don't give a shit about anything because they make all their money from the internet anyways, and then you have actual real-world working people that are, like, like, fucked out of jobs, like, not knowing when they're, right. how they're gonna pay their paychecks. I mean, it's, it's like, I guess for me in the U.S., like, I don't really have a whole lot of faith in our government, and I feel like the way yeah. it's been treated has been just, like, an absolute joke, like, especially in Florida, like, we have a bunch of dumbasses going to the beach, like, in droves. It's not even just, like, a handful of people. It's, like, I just don't think there is an understanding as far as, like, the ramifications of their decisions. It's, like, yeah, it's, like, oh, it's, like, not as lethal as the cold. It's not, but it's, like, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's, like, people are more worried about being infected and even if it is low scale to high risk, like, doesn't it's like until this is kind of eradicated, the panic is still going to be there because no matter what, the news is going to spin it in whatever way they can. Like we could be months from now, with like a low number of people, but as long as there's still people infected, there's going to be issues. Like, right? Nobody's really taking the precautions that they need because we're so used to like, kind of swabbing everything away it's not serious until it kind of affects you directly i think that's yeah. the issue but yeah yeah i i digress i mean i'm just <laughs> as far as as far as work as far as like music i definitely hope that it can kind of like push forward i, I i'm happy that people like sunny are like being proactive i'm happy for all everybody in code orange for making the best of that situation because like i definitely think that release show was like what they did in that circumstance was probably the best possible thing they could have ever done. And, mm -hmm. um, but knowing that somebody, a band like that deserving of a release show for such a great record, like that still hits me. Like, yeah. Really bummed for my friends. And yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's, there's a lot of things I think like that. That's like tours are being cut short of bands that are doing like really cool things. And a lot of bands are being left home with like, a ton of merch still there and there's nobody to buy it because all these kids are also finding themselves broke but yeah yeah um yeah i think uh what you know t as of the day of recording this sunny also announced that he's going to be doing a live stream with you're the knife on this coming friday so essentially the day this drops is the day uh that live stream will be going up but um that's also been interesting with like people just like Sonny is this like innovative like tech wizard so that he already had I feel like a huge piece of the pie already in place for for doing something like that and so you know like I haven't chatted with him as far as like the technical things to throw that together in 48 hours but you know a lot of people are just asking bands to live stream it and maybe don't know the technical sides of like well there's it's not just like plug a usb cord into a camera and plug it into your computer like, no, there's a couple literally. steps in between that yeah no he, i've sunny's work is so underappreciated like i'm glad he's getting a lot of attention now but like i've punished him for i don't even know how long like we we first chatted through tumblr like years ago 
and I've mm -hmm. and I just remember like watching his videos and watching the progression of like the the video quality to audio quality and just like where he's at now. The guy's just an absolute machine, and he's so yeah. driven. He's so hardworking too. So it's like, yeah, I think out of anybody, he's probably the most well-equipped to make things like that happen. I can't say that mm -hmm. the band gave me 48 hours. I'd know how to tackle, like, full mixed and mastered audio and a multi-cam streaming. And blending the visuals no. and, and all that, like... <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. huge shout-out to Sonny. He's always kind of been the, the guy that's, like, one step ahead in that world mm -hmm. he'll he'll always yeah. think they'll be anybody to surpass him what was it dethrone the king yeah is that his is one of his memes taken yeah down. hate hate five uh or hate six seven or something um but yeah ma major shout out to sunny and you know i think the overall theme here is if you can find a way to support a band whether it's you know if you're a creative and you're trying to find a way to support a band like you know doing a a re-edit of photos or you know trying to put something together you know i think like i'm gonna do an intro to this podcast but like i think creating content about this helps people get through it together because i feel like hardcore is a community that kind of has to hurt together in trying times like this um so yeah i appreciate you coming on and sharing some thoughts and uh how do how do people keep up with you and check out your work uh, I want to say everything is basically my name at Cameron Nunez is pretty much on all platforms, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Um, probably won't see a whole hardcore much, uh, if I'm being honest, just because like everything that I get now seems to be out of that realm at this point. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah. YouTube, YouTube, uh, you can check in for FYA. I feel like that's the only time anybody kind of tunes into my stuff is like, when that kind of kicked in um so yeah that's basically where you can find me but. yeah cool well thanks again cam for coming on the podcast and sharing your experience and uh you know hope hopefully this is uh resonates with someone else who's maybe a fellow photographer who's kind of going through a similar stance and to know that they're not alone in this i guess so thanks for coming on no problem